Right, hello and um, welcome to episode uh, something, 20-something, I forget, um, of the CPRW podcast. Um, my name's Colin, I do Colin's Punk Rock World and CPRW Records. Um, before we crack on, I want to do a quick thank you to the uh, kind gentleman at Till the Fest who said some lovely words about the podcast to us. I was a, I'm a bit worried, I was a bit awkward and, and maybe rude because I'm really, really shit, like receiving praise, but I really appreciated the nice words, so... If you're listening, thank you very much. That was really kind of you. Um, so today I am joined by a personal hero of mine uh, in uh, Derek Derek Johnston of Make That Take Records and Uniforms. Um, they make Make That Take Records is a record label that's based in Dundee and uh, yeah puts out loads of great uh, music from uh, loads of Scottish bands and uh, bands from further afield as well. And they also put on loads of gigs at uh, Conroy's base. Conroy, yeah, Conroy's basement. Yeah. 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 And yeah, he also performs as acoustically as Tragical History Tour. He's a very, very hardworking and busy man and super, super dedicated to the punk rock cause. And I'm just a privilege to have him on here and, and have a chat today. Uh, hi, Derek. Hi, Colin. Uh, I'm a little uh, embarrassed by your uh, glowing introduction. Uh, I hope that I can uh, do such kindness justice. Uh, very much appreciate uh, being on here. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I guess it's quite an exciting time uh, insofar as things are reopening and uh, we're beginning to uh, delve back into the punk rock world and the world of uh, quote unquote normality and uh, engaging with humankind once again it's, it's, it's like i was i've uh, went to the uh, burnt tapes uh show on the weekend like it was uh, their big comeback gig and i was kind of thinking like it's kind of nice like all these bands are having like comeback gigs because it is sort of bringing people together again and it's just everyone's really up for it and there's sort of no like okay it's another gig whatever it's like yes it's a gig and it's exciting so it's like that's like, I mean, obviously the pandemic has been absolutely horrific in every way imaginable, but this is something quite nice that's now coming out at the end of it. People are like, they've realised what they've missed basically and how like special being able to go to gigs and see people perform and be in that environment is. So, I would agree sharing that experience, uh, especially when we've been isolated from one another um, for so long and the, the trepidation about uh, being back in small enclosed sweaty basements and uh, back rooms and punk rock venues uh, yes that's one thing that I'm very thankful to the wider punk rock community for is the uh, willingness to engage with uh, being mindful and uh, trying to take care of everybody and uh, being being safe and bringing the ruckus in a in a mindful fashion uh, where we can we can all enjoy it together yeah definitely like i i sort of thought like way back when it all started that it would seem to be the punks that were the ones who really were like no we've got to shut this down now we can't like shouldn't put on shows which when you sort of think punk is supposed to be against the establishment and like it was really showed that you no know, punks are the most empathetic people and the honest, the best people and so it's good to uh, now I, see. Oh, go on. 
I think that's part of the, the, the community thing, you know, uh, whilst, I mean, I, I don't want to talk for anybody else. I can only ever talk for myself. Um, but the idea uh, that punk is supposed to be anti-establishment or whatever, uh, there, there's also a, a school of punk that's almost anti-logic for the sake of being contrarian. And uh, there are differences uh, there's a world of difference between uh, a factual conspiracy of uh, money laundering and contract uh, hijacking and uh, nepotism throughout the, the government and uh, the, the realm of finance and corporations and whatever and uh, public health and uh, I mean, while everybody will come to their own conclusions um, about what is or what is not or what should or what should not be, um, if we're in the business of, of risk management and uh, taking care of people, then um, decentering one's self is, is an important part of it. And uh, if we're not looking to spread uh, an airborne uh, respiratory virus then uh taking steps towards safety and enclosed spaces is sensible and whether that means no shows or masking up at shows or limited attendance to shows the the well-being of the wider populace in the community is more important than the uh, gratification of one's ego or the exercise of one's quote unquote liberty because there, there is no freedom unless we are all free so um a chain is only as strong as its weakest link and if there, uh, we have neuro uh, immunocompromised persons in our community and um, their protection and safety comes before the uh, egoic needs of self-styled rebels absolutely absolutely um so you've you've had some shows back at Conroy's now, haven't you? You've had a, you have the All Deep Ends EP launch and have anything that's else? The only, that's the only one we've done so far. Uh, yeah. Although this weekend, uh, 19th, 20th of November, we have two shows in the basement. Uh, we have a Make That A Take show on Friday night, which is the Blood Red Moon, who have no music available, uh, Kaddish, and a new band from Dundee called Speedrunner who are playing their very first show. Uh, that's already sold out. We've limited our tickets uh, to 60. The official capacity in the basement is 108. But once you have band members in there, staff, make that a take crew, um, one of the things that we have coming in uh, is that everyone in make that a take and all the staff at Rad Apples have undertaken um, bystander intervention training with the Good Night Out campaign uh, to ensure safer nightlife and uh, at all our shows coming forward we will have a named uh, gig marshal or security person or uh, gig warden if you will uh, essentially just a named person who is part of our collective who has undergone the training that can be a go-to person uh, during the gig if there are any concerns about behaviour or antisocial 
behaviors or individuals or well, literally anything. If uh, if someone's uh, needing a moment to chill out or is being overwhelmed uh, or, or is in a panic or is in an uncomfortable in any way, one of our, the named person will be the go-to person. We have a chill out spot in Rad Apples and some quiet space where we can take people. So that's one thing that we've proactively done to try and ensure a more positive experience. Um, so between the measures of limiting attendance, uh, limiting gig tickets, asking people to mask up, sanitize and scan in when they arrive and having the gig warden, uh, we're hoping that with a belt and braces approach, we can do everything we can to keep everybody safe and comfortable and happy in our space. That's awesome. Uh, what was the name of the... Uh... Um, the what the uh, uh the training you've all done against just to put that uh, back out there. Um, an organisation called the Good Night Out campaign. Is that a national uh, thing? It is a national thing. It uh, originated in the queer spaces of London. Uh, I forget the name of the original club, uh, but if you, you can find the resources online, it's a uh, Good Night Out campaign uk, I believe. And uh, we've done two training sessions, one with the uh, staff at Rad Apples and uh, one with the folks in the collective from Make That I Take. Brilliant. Now, that sounds like a sort of a, uh, a thing that needs to, like, it would be nice to see it, like, all gigs around the country, just uh, they make everyone feel safe and happy and comfortable. So um, what those, what have uh, Make That I Take been up to recently? Obviously, no gigs apart from the all depends one but like during the pandemic you seem to release quite a lot of music still how did that come around um well at the start um we did day rain streams uh, a couple of series of them which was uh basically self-filmed home streaming concerts um that we did through cowpunk tv which is the uh i guess my or the Make That I Take YouTube channel. Just search Cowpunk TV and you can find over 400 videos there. Um, basically, everyone, we had plans. Uh, All Depends uh, being a great example. They had US tour plans for last summer. Uh, singer Nick being uh, American. And uh, so that didn't happen. So all the plans got shelved. Um, and then basically a whole bunch of folks still had uh, music that was in the vault that we were planning on releasing throughout the year accompanied by tours and promo and all that jazz um, and we were very lucky uh, in that uh, many of the artists that we put out approached us uh, Goodbye Blue Monday uh, well, like Graham approached me and he was like, I've been doing some home recordings. Would you be interested in popping this out as a, as a download? And that became the one step, uh, one take, uh, self-indulgent <laughs> one take waffles EP. Uh, I haven't written any notes for that, any of this. So, uh, so, so that's how that came about. And see Starry were in the midst of uh, writing some new material and, they recorded uh, the EP that came out, the Anatomy EP, which came out physically on Ripcord and digitally through Make That a Take. Uh, 
contained none of those new songs and was actually written collaboratively uh, in isolation. Um, I'm not entirely sure of the process, but Jan and Claire, I believe, uh, had, had the bones of, of the songs and sent them to uh, the drummer and uh, they were passed around that way. And uh, Jan mixed them uh, himself. And then I was also asked to contribute a vo uh, vocal to one of the tracks, which I recorded um, by myself in Rad Apples one afternoon. Uh, so that's how that EP came about. Um, the three Platitudes EPs that came out were all me just uh, farting about on what is actually the iPad that is the till that we use at Rad Apples. Um, so we'd obviously brought all that stuff home and I just started pissing around on the uh, on the pad and making beats and then that kind of grew arms and legs because that became uh, kind of an immersive escape for me uh, just to like put on the headphones and disappear into uh, beats for hours on end. So it was uh, taking, taking the trying to make the best of a bad situation really because uh, we, we didn't know what was going to occur and on the uh, I just remember uh, the last night mopping up in Red Apples when we were forced to close on uh, by government mandate back in March of last year and uh, was actually listening to Spanish Love Songs latest record uh, and I was in there by myself mopping up and uh, there was a moment in there where I thought, this is it. Like, the, the end of the world as we know it has arrived. And uh, thankfully, 18 months later, we had a sold out All Depends seven inch launch show to, uh, to enjoy uh, with a large period of darkness in between. Yeah, I've got uh, the All Depends show in uh, London tonight. I'm so excited to see him again. Well, I've been uh, speaking to Hooligan throughout their travels and uh, it would appear as though they've been tearing things up and making friends everywhere they go. Excellent. So. Yeah, I know um, I spoke to um, Sarah after the Manchester show, Sarah from Shout Louder, and she loved it, absolutely loved them. Yeah, they're an incredible band. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think there's something special with, yeah. with, those, with those folks. Just the way they formed as well, like it's sort of in the basement and it's just such a nice story and... Yeah, it's uh, like a little, it's almost like you couldn't make it up. Uh, mm. They all went to art school in Dundee. The uh, Duncan of Jordanston College of Art and Design is in Dundee. And, uh, all three members of the band, I'm not sure if they knew each other previously, but uh, they coalesced in the basement, all coming to, coming to shows, and then their band formed. Uh, and then they played their first show in the basement. They played Book Rainfest. Hooligan, who plays drums, works at Rad Apples. And uh, it was it was just the perfect coming together of all things. And uh, they were very proactive, very creative. Yeah, their uh, videos are fantastic, the way they put them together. You can, you can tell they're art people. Yeah, for sure. They, they, they do all that those uh, themselves. And they're a joy to, to work with because... They don't require anything really. Um, they they are keen to seek feedback. They are keen to ask questions, and uh, I'm happy to share anything that I can. And it's a joy to do so because they're 
they're so great and uh, wonderful people and just very easy to work with. Good. Um, how did like one of the things you released last year was or was, it, was it early this year? I'm not sure, but um, the uh, Lunar EP because Make That Take doesn't really sort of release hip hop for Zara, as I'm, I'm aware. So how did that come about? Well, I'm a friendship with Hassan and uh, solidarity with the uh, plight of the Palestinian people and uh, the fact that I'm a massive hip hop head, uh, which maybe isn't something that comes out and make that a take. Uh, but the, the first music that I loved uh, was rave music, dance music and, and early classic hip hop music uh, before I was ever introduced or exposed to punk rock. And um, Hassan and I were chatting and he sent me uh, the first track. Uh, apologies for my pronunciation. Tafe uh, Aref, I believe, was the uh, first track. And uh, I was just super into it. And uh, Hassan and I have been chatting since uh, Triple Sunday came to visit Dundee. Uh, I don't even remember when that was, 2018, perhaps. Um, and having just kept an eye uh, on, obviously, both the uh, situation and the, uh, the ongoing occupation of Palestine and the ongoing genocide of the Palestinian people uh, and Hassan giving voice uh, in the UK DIY punk community to this plight um, something that uh, he Hassan has expressed a reluctance to talk about in the past mm -hmm. and given Essentially, given that we have somewhat the, the platform and uh, Hassan was looking to help, uh, well, was looking to spread this message, uh, to me, uh, it just seemed natural. And uh, I, I offered to help out, uh, putting out digitally, just because we have quite a, we've developed quite a range uh, over the last few years. And uh, it was something that spoke to me personally and something that we wanted to show solidarity with. And in the past, we've done benefit shows for medical aid for Palestinians. So once we suggested the idea that it would be a charity solidarity benefit, uh, we decided just to go with it. And uh, I'm very proud of it. Uh, it's, a, it's a great EP. Uh, Hassan's message is very strong and unambiguous mm. and uh, massively important, uh, especially in these increasingly polarized times where language uh, identity can be weaponized and uh, I think it was just important an important story to share mm, I, I'd agree 100 like I've been lucky they are not a hip-hop head in the slightest but I was all listening to it and I've seen him like perform the songs live now a couple of times and it's it really it's a really powerful listen and like there's what the way he words it's very well and uh, he words it very well as a ironic really bad wording by me there uh he words like the messages really well and it does make you think and you it lets you want to or makes you want to look into like what's going on out there because i'll admit i was quite ignorant to it all i was till like hassan started talking about it, i looked into it further and it's like i'm glad that he has been able to find his voice i guess to sort of speak out and say this is 
is this isn't right what's going on over there and we need to talk about it and do something about it absolutely so and it's uh, something that's been ongoing for a uh, hundred years essentially and uh it's something that continues <laughs> uh hassan obviously is, is a far better person to talk mm. to about these issues uh but even opening up the conversation to uh, consider these ideas and uh, Hassan does it in a, in a very eloquent way and as you say uh, thought provoking manner rather than just the screaming preacher like you're wrong fuck you buddy that kind of thing uh, because it, it's really difficult to uh, change people's minds when uh, or, or open people's minds when you're just swearing at them or attacking them and that, that's a way that people can bring their walls up and uh, one of the uh, difficult tasks especially for marginalized persons uh, and peoples is to make that voice heard because when power uh, when the boot of power is uh, stamping on your face and the only identity you get is your scream and the only recognition you get is your suffering uh, then it's important to take opportunities and platforms to articulate ideas in relatable terms, in, in human terms, in the terms of story and relatability rather than just meeting the, uh, the screams with, with formal screams. Uh, to quote Stoy Schnack, I guess, uh, we, f we fight fire with water. Uh, rather than fire with fire, and um, especially given where we're at in the in the UK, uh, and and especially in the punk scene, conversation and education and sharing of experience, I believe is a more effective way of affecting positive engagement than merely screaming and protesting which of course is a massive part of it but if you have an ear open to you then expressing the idea and telling the story in a, in a truthful and honest way will resonate more than pitchforks and divisions yeah. have you got any plans at the moment to get him up there to perform the songs in the basement or we have talked about it. Um, I had hoped that we would have been able to do something for Book Your Rain Fest this year. Uh, but the way that this year's fest has kind of mm. come around and it's all been a relatively last minute, um, it's not going to happen this year, but we are hoping to get something together in the springtime. Excellent, excellent. I was talking to uh, Paul from B-Sharp recently, actually, just before you announced that uh, Book Your Rain Fest was coming back this year. It's like We were sort of saying, I wonder if you're going to put it on. And I, I was like, uh, Paul was a bit like, oh, I'm not sure. There's not a lot of like, Paul, obviously, industry, he knows what's going on. Me being ever the optimist, I was like, ah, Derek can do it. There's enough bands in Scotland that will happily say, yeah, no problem. We'll come down. So they, for sort of seeing it coming back, I was so happy to see it coming back. I've been a couple of times and both times. It's just been like one of my highlights of the whole year. It's just such a nice, like wholesome, like community event that everyone's coming together and Oh, excuse me everyone's in really good spirits and it's just such a nice environment to be in like plus you get because you, you get so many like 
the, the, the newer sort of younger Scottish bands you get to see who aren't as established in like the whole UK yet. So you get to see a load of them before they sort of travel south and it's just such a nice time. Obviously it sold out this year, but for, I'm assuming there'll be a Put Your Own Fest 15 next year. It's, it all going to plan. Yeah, I think so. Um, I always I always worry about speaking too soon, sort of these days. But <laughs> well, but, um, it pays pays to be cautious, I guess. At, yeah. at these times. But if you can ever go, I really recommend it because it's just such a nice time. Like, well, that, that's really lovely to hear, um, and I thank you for that. It's uh, something that's become essentially our like WrestleMania weekend or something. Uh, this year is obviously going to be a little a little different. It's uh, well, <laughs> Bookkeeping Fest has has always evolved. Uh, there was never any huge plan to begin with. Uh, we were inspired by like the fest in Gainesville and uh, just all the the punk rock fests throughout the world, and uh, that's kind of going back to the to the roots of make that a take. I guess. Um, is like I was 23 I think it was actually 20 yeah 23 when make that a take started I just had my 39th birthday so uh, I've grown up through all this shit basically and um, in 2008 when Book Fest started uh, it was actually the first weekender of Joey Terrifying's existence um, but it actually goes back further than that. In uh, 2006, a friend of ours called Graham Motion, uh, a member of the punk and hardcore community in Perth and uh, Dundee. Perth and Dundee are just like 20 miles away, uh, so half an hour in the car. Uh, he was a musician and drummed in an incredible band called Allergo, uh, who were like hardcore in the uh, kind of trap them converge red cord kind of way incredibly successful band when they were when they were young played tea in the park festival and all these uh, various things graham unfortunately uh, died in 2006 and um, thereafter his sister lisa set up a charity called safety to educate people about water safety in Tayside. Um, then in 2006-2007, um, his friends, the PCC, uh, which I believe stood for the Perth Chaos Collective, it was like kind of the, the hardcore crew back then, uh, ran a couple of shows that they called Motion Fest, um, which was an all-dayer, two all-dayers, to raise money for safety. I worked at the first one behind the bar and played the second one. And then come 2008, we were putting together the uh, first run of Joy Terrifying gigs with the hijacks and the living daylights from Lincoln. And uh, we were playing Perth on the Saturday and there was a couple of tours crossing over, I believe. So we ended up with a six band bill and then we're like, well, if we're going to do a six-band bill, we might as well do an eight-band bill. And if we're going to do an eight-band bill, we might as well do it all day. If we're going to do it all day, we should do it for a charity. Um, 
and we asked the members of the PCC if they were planning a motion fest. Uh, they were not. Uh, so we asked if they would mind if we did book your rain fest and donated the proceeds to safety and they were more than happy to do so, uh, for us to do so. And um, it's not like there was any division, you know, we're all basically part of the, the same scene or community and uh, that's where it started and we did the first one in actually on the 15th of November 2008 the second one happened at the same place, a place called Mucky Mulligans in Perth uh, we did the second one in July of 2009 so there was uh, 2009 was the only year there were two um, because we rather over ambitiously were like, oh, we can do two of these a year. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Uh, and then 2000, winter 2009 came around, and uh, that's when we first moved to Dundee. Uh, Kenny, who ran Cage Nightclub in Dundee at the time, was like, Book your Fest should be in Dundee. Um, which didn't seem like a bad move. Like, we promoted loads of shows in Dundee at the time as well. Like, I was living in Perth at the time. So, Book Your Rain Fest 3 came to Dundee, and that's when it became an annual event. And then we were at Cage for Fest 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, and then Book Your Rain Fest 9, Cage closed. Uh, Book Your Rain Fest 9 and 10 moved to a couple of different venues in town. One that was called, um, I don't remember what it was called at the time, actually, Buskers, I think. Um, it's now a place called Church. Uh, so 9 and 10 happened there. 11 and 12 happened in the Abertay University Student Union. And 13 was supposed to happen there also. Uh, but halfway through the booking of it, whilst Hazel and I were on tour with the Murder Burgers, uh, Hazel was driving that tour and I was playing bass. We got an email saying that the commercial operations of the student union at Aberty University were ceasing to be and that they could no longer host Bukharin Fest, which left us homeless. Uh, for the fest and also during that same tour um, found out that Conroy's bar the bar above Conroy's basement was also closing so we had no venue uh, and we were still on tour at the time so when we got back we had a meeting and that was essentially how Rad Apples came into being. Um, Hazel had had the idea for a long time, independently of myself, about having a a vegan place. Uh, and we sh uh, so we both had these ideas independently of one another uh, previously, uh, and that's when we decided to form the new company. Um, Hazel owns the majority of the company. Uh, I'm the junior partner of the company uh, because I legally run Rad Apples. Uh, no, sorry. 
<laughs> legally run make that a take. Uh, so Hazel and I run the company of Rad Apples, and our first show ever, first day ever being open at Rad Apples was the first night of Book Rain Fest 13 back in 2019. And uh, I think there was less than eight weeks between the forming of the company and the opening of the space for Bitcoin Fest 13, uh, which may have been the most stressful couple of months of our both of our lives. I don't want to speak for Hazel, but uh, it was definitely a stressful experience yeah, for I can me. Imagine. And knowing how stressful I can be as well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm confident it was a very stressful experience for Hazel too. Yeah, it was a bloody wonderful weekend, though. So. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. Yeah. But uh, we were all husks of human beings thereafter. And then Rad Apples opened properly uh, the following weekend. And then we were open until the 20th of March to 2020. And uh, we've been back open for two months now. Uh, was touch and go as to whether we were going to do a fest. But um, I think we all felt it was an important date for our community and to try and do something. So uh, we've only got, we've only sold 50 tickets this year. Uh, Those weekend tickets flew out in 14 hours. we're way behind on things, but as, as you alluded to earlier, we have a lot of Scottish bands. Uh, we only, I think there's only one visitor from England this year. It's the Bump Tapes, who are coming up to play the Saturday night at what is going to be the final uniform show. Um, but we're going to have Stone Thrower headlining on the Saturday night, playing uh, the Legacies LP in full, uh, because... I think that's important. It's a wonderful, wonderful LP. Um, they are an incredible band. We have waited a long time for this record to arrive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, looking forward is uh, more important than than looking back. Uh, so I think it's going to be a wonderful day, a wonderful weekend. Uh, there will be some day tickets available, but uh, they'll be super, super limited because once we have all the bands in the place, all the Make That I Take crew, all the Rad Apple staff, it's going to be busy. Uh, we're not having the two stages, full-on stages like we did last uh, last time. We'll have an acoustic stage up the stairs this year and that's going to be running in the evenings. Uh, bands downstairs all day. Uh, but it's going to be a bit more of a chilled-out vibe uh, rather than the manic chaos of uh, 13, which was wonderful, but just not plausible this year for uh, safety, capacity, mental well-being, and yeah. all these other things. That's fair. Like, if anyone on the obviously the lineup is stacked, and I'm sure you don't want a single like just one band out to like. But I'm going to ask you to anyway. Really, have you got like any like I guess acts on the lineup that you sort of would really encourage people to check out if, if like one of the newer acts, I suppose that people might not be so aware of. Yeah, pulling up my list here is what I'm doing. <laughs> um, 
Well, yes. Uh, the first one that immediately pops to mind is a an artist called Grave Dancer. Um, Grave Dancer is an American chap called Baker who now lives in Aylith, which is a tiny village uh, in the Strathmore Valley where I grew up and where broken stories come from. Uh, they're an act on the label as well. Uh, they're not playing Fest this year, but they are playing as part of Grave Dancer. And Grave Dancer is Baker. Uh, he comes from Arkansas. He is a singer-songwriter that plays country music. And uh, he's incredible. Uh, country music in the uh, style of like Hank Williams, Thor, Lucero, kind of more alternative country, I guess, rather than your sort of Garth Brooks American country <laughs> pop. Uh, it's, it's the real shit on the block. Uh, really enjoy Grave Dancer. Um, we've got a couple of bands. We've got a band playing their first ever show at Fest this year. Uh, a new hardcore band from Dundee called Truth Ruiner. That's such a hardcore uh, band name. Such a hardcore band <laughs> yeah. name. Uh, I've been lucky enough to hear a couple of their demos. Uh, it's pretty gnarly, um, ranging from the kind of tougher end of hardcore to kind of maybe the more melodic hardcore of like half heart or uh, that sort of kind of post. Oh, Siri's asking me something. Don't want to. <laughs> that, that was intrusive. Um, yeah, basically, I. Everybody on the bill. Uh, there's a band called Echo Machine from Dundee who are playing the Sunday. They're kind of like a, a synth pop goth band. Uh, this pad is doing something funny. I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, who I'm a, I'm a big fan of. Caddish, uh, always. Uh, they are the only band that survived, that still exists from the original Bookering Fest, and they've played every single fest. Nice. So they're kind of like the undertaker of uh, of Book Rainfest and make that a take. Their streak will never die. Uh, although I don't think I would make a, a booking decision like having uh, Brock Lesnar pin Kaddish. <laughs> Book Rainfest 21, I think that would be silly. Um, you talked about younger Scottish punk, uh, punk bands. Uh, in that case, I definitely have to give a shout out to Dog Eared. Um, we put out their EP earlier this year. Uh, and it, it's it's pretty nice to me to to uh, hear Dog Eared because I hear the Kimberly Sticks, I, I hear the Mother Burgers, uh, I hear all the kind of quote unquote older Scottish pop punk bands now, and uh, it, it's really nice to hear the influence of my friends on my younger friends yeah we got to see them uh, when we come up uh, in 2019 and they blew me away i was so just, excited to like to see what they do and like i think that was after that set i messaged paul straight away and was like check out dog eared and i'm sure he's always like whenever i see a band i love or I'd like, I just, first thing I do is like, Paul, this band, get them in London. And he usually, moans, he usually moans at me and says, can't you find some local bands? But um... <laughs> <laughs> Do the show yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah Dog Yield are great. They, they've grown uh, 
massively over the last couple of years. Um, and that, that's one of the things that I love most about uh, about doing this whole thing is uh, finding new bands and uh, just trying to give them a give them a leg up, really. Uh, and, I, and I guess on that front, I have to talk about Goodbye Blue Monday as well. Uh, they're going to be playing the Friday night of Bookerine Fest. And, uh, yeah, it's just going to be a, a kind of nice family affair. See Starry are playing the Friday night as well. Uh, there's a new act. Uh, Joe from the, the band The Twistettes has a new project called Minerva Wakes, which is kind of lo-fi, heavy drum and bass techno uh, inspired stuff. Uh, really looking forward to seeing them perform for the first time. Uh, I'm also looking forward to playing a set with Shit Gripper that hasn't been announced, but oh, nice. uh, we're, we're going to play on the Sunday uh, early on. And uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of pretty things, cool, cool things going on. Uh, friend Davey Nolan, uh, who hasn't performed at Fest since I think Bookerine Fest 7, um, is going to be, he used to be uh, best friends and flatmates with Scott Hutchison from Frightened Rabbit. And uh, Fest weekend will be four years since Scott passed. And uh, Davey on the Saturday night is going to be performing a set of Frightened Rabbit covers on the acoustic stage. Uh, so I think that's going to be a, a fairly heavy emotional moment, but uh, something that I'm very much looking forward to. Davey's a, a, an incredible musician, and uh, I'm sure that'll be uh, both a privilege and a, a painful experience for Davey. So uh, very grateful to him for reaching out to suggest that, that we do that. And I think Fest is the uh, kind of perfect place for that sort of set to happen. Yeah, and so, yeah they, I'm looking, looking forward to it all. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, so you mentioned earlier that it was also going to be like the last ever uniforms show. Yeah. Which I'm absolutely gutted about because like I can't be there. Um, but uh, I mean, I guess it's an intrusive question, but I'll go for it anyway because journalism. Um, why, why, why are you splitting up? It's just time. It's time. Uh, it's all, f- all for love. There's no, no beef. Um, basically, Jamie, who plays guitar, and I. Uh, are the only two original members of Uniforms. Uh, we've been doing the band for 10 years. During these 10 years, both Jamie and I have gotten sober. Um, and life, essentially. Uh, Jamie and I had a conversation. Jamie has recently gotten married. Uh, our band is spread across three cities. Uh, Jamie lives in Edinburgh. Jason and I live in Dundee. Ben lives an hour north of Aberdeen. So even getting a band practice together is a, a military operation. Um, and a lot of the songs are written about or from very dark period in uh, in both of our lives, uh, Jamie and I's, and um, 
we're proud of what we've done. Uh, and it just seems like, as I said, uh, I'm approaching 40, uh, Jamie's married, we're all spread out. Uh, and it's almost like we're happy with, with what we've done. We, we're still all very close. Uh, there's a lot of love in, in this band and our friendships and our happiness has become more important than continuing to be a band. Uh, whereas 10 years ago, again, I can only really talk for myself, um, being in that band was the be all and end all of our existence. Um, it was all I wanted to do. Uh, I have sacrificed, like, well, we all have sacrificed a lot of intimacy moments, familial moments, relationship moments, uh, life milestones, um, pouring all our energies, spare time, money, passion, everything into a project for so long uh, to then, like we had the hiatus in the middle, we came back, we made what I, I believe is like our best record. Uh, we've been to places we never expected to visit, let alone play punk rock. Uh, we've been very blessed, uh, very privileged as a band. And uh, we decided to play fast. And Jamie came to pick me up uh, a couple of weeks ago. When uh, we sat and had a chat in the car, uh, he was like, I think I'm done. Um, you should get someone else to, in to play guitar. And I don't want to play these songs with anybody else other than Jamie, because uh, we wrote the songs on the whole. Um, and I kind of always had it set in my head that when Jamie was done, I would be done too. And uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was really only a five minute conversation, really. Uh, it was like, right, this is the crack. This is what, this is how I feel. This is what I want to do. And I was like, yeah, I hear all of that. Uh, I don't want to get anybody else in to play guitar. I don't want to be the only original member. I don't want to sing these songs. Some of them I don't really want to revisit much at all. <laughs> um, and I guess we have the, uh, we could always just not do that, but um, it just seems time. Uh, and we figured, or I figured that Saturday night, Fest, Red Apples, Fest 14, perfect time, really. Sounds, sounds fair, sounds fair. Like, oh, like hi your highlights of being in uniforms, you think? Um, well, that, we have hard-hitting questions. <laughs> um, playing in Gainesville, Florida, uh, at pre-fest 10 was insane. Um, flying to America to, to tour uh, the day after my dad died was nuts. Uh, touring with Cobra Skulls. Uh, <laughs> I remember uh, touring with Loaded 45 uh, in the UK. Uh, we were originally planning on going to Europe, but because with them being American, there were visa issues, and we, we decided just to do two weeks in the UK. Wow. Uh, 
and literally pulling the ceiling down in a venue in Rill during the uh, the last it was the last gig that was ever happening at that place and loaded 45 literally pulled the ceiling down that was an experience <laughs> um going on stage at the war zone in belfast uh, after midnight on st patrick's day once the <laughs> uh sound man in the other band uh, singer in the other band had had a literal fist fight wow because uh, everybody was so burst uh the sound man was absolutely steaming and the singer in one of the other bands was out of his mind and uh, Johnny who played bass for uniforms and I ended up doing sound for ourselves on stage <laughs> and got uh, ended up doing sound for ourselves which we couldn't control on stage and it was delayed and within 20 seconds of our set starting somebody jumped up on the stage and kicked the mic stand into my teeth bust lip within 20 seconds of starting uh, that sticks out playing poozer fest was insane uh and at, at the end of our set these uh two chaps american chaps i forget their names i'm afraid uh but they they came to us and were like we've driven 12 hours just to come and see uniforms and and they were down the front singing along every word and that just blew my mind that's amazing um, but mostly i guess the highlight would be just all the incredible people that we've met and uh, all the hospitality and kindness that we've been shown uh and we really lucked out you know uh our fourth gig ever was uh in gainesville and that's where we met folks that would take us on tour of the states and form relationships that abide to this day and uh, it's just altogether been a it's altogether been a positive experience i think the uh, first half of our existence like 2011 to 2015 was frantic and desperate and chaotic and uh, difficult and emotional and reckless and dangerous and insane and ill-advised and all these other things um, whereas 2017 onwards we've kind of taken things a bit more on our own terms we've done less uh, but more it kind of feels like, like not playing uh, like we played something like 400 shows or something in the first half or the first part of our existence uh, we've definitely done less than 100 since we, we reformed um, and that's okay and part of the whole thing about being in uniforms you know, or doing uniforms in the second part of our existence was we'll do the things that we want to do uh, rather than the things we feel obligated to do and that includes breaking up. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like I... with apologies to Bev and Andy at TNS. If you've still got some records to sell, I'm really sorry. <laughs> that is a superb record. It should everyone should go and buy it because I I still listen to that a lot now. How long has it been out now? Must be like two years, three years. Uh, I think it came out in uh, September of 2018, so yeah. three years now. I think. Yeah, I still listen to it so much. 
So but, good. Uh, like, like I first heard you on when you released the uh, Pink Couch EP, which at the time was going to be your last uh, like collection of songs. Then I was supposed to come up to book your own fest to see you. I came up, but I mega buses happened and were very late, and I missed the set. So I thought I was never going to get the chance to see you, which may be sad. But then luckily, like you, like reformed and you did the MPF after party in twenty seventeen, I think. Is it, is it 17 maybe 18 one of those years yeah <laughs> Don't remember. then like for like in that sort of weekend like random hand played a comeback show and Lightyear played a comeback show and chewing on tim phil played and like that uniform set at the very end of like the sunday night was like my highlight oh wow i, I had such a good i mean yeah. i was I was like on my last legs, but it was such a good time. Like I still like think about that and like I mean I don't think it was a massive crowd at the end because obviously it must have been like nearly two o'clock in the morning. It felt like yeah, I think we went on stage at quarter to two in the morning. Yeah, but it was just like the people who were there they were really really there for it and were really into it, and it was just a really nice way to finish what was a really nice weekend. And I still have yeah, such was... fond memories of that. That was a wonderful show. Uh... I couldn't see anything. <laughs> I could see like the first few rows of people. Uh, I'm pretty blind, uh, right. let alone when we're rocking out in those <laughs> like, bright lights. Uh, but that was that was so much fun. And uh, <laughs> any excuse to play a Nirvana cover as well. Yeah, uh, that was. We didn't rehearse that. We just kind of. I think we'd maybe played it once. And we just kind of winged it. That's uh, why. It was really good fun. And actually, I think that must have been 2018 because it was that night that Bev came up to me and was like, we've got to do a uniform seven inch. And I was like, well, I actually have this idea. Uh, and we recorded Reasons to Breathe with uh, Aunt Booth at Kesbury Studios. And everything about that experience was just wonderful. I've been friends with Boothy for a long time and uh, since Joey T and the, the Emos. And uh, oh, it was just really nice to, uh, it's a really nice environment to make music. And uh, yeah, I think we're all really happy that that seven inch could come out. And um, I don't want to give anything away, although I guess I probably am. But uh, the 2012 EP, which uh, I guess is known as the Spectacular Terry Butcher, EP and and the Pink Couch EP um, are going to be coming out on a super limited edition lathe cut vinyl. Uh, I think we're only going to make somewhere between 30 and 50 copies. Uh, So that's uh, something that's going to be coming. Uh, I think we'll do a pre-order for that beginning next month. Uh, Reason being is next year it will be 10 years since the Terry Butcher EP came out. It'll also be 10 years since my dad passed. Uh, that EP was only ever made on CD. Um, and the Pink Couch EP was assigned a Make That A Take catalogue number, uh, Make That A Take Vinyl 9, but never actually came out. Oh. Uh, the first two tracks were mastered for vinyl. And once we had decided that we were breaking up I decided oh, I was quite upset at the time and I figured at that point there was uh, no point in spending the money in pressing a seven inch for a band that's not going to exist 
but I'm also kind of annoyed at that uh, because being a, I wouldn't say I'm a, an archivist of any sort, but there's something incomplete there that irritates me from uh, being a, like a vinyl collector. Uh, so we're going to do a super limited run of those uh, 12 inches anxiety attack records are going to produce them for us. Uh, so that's something that'll be, that will be the final uniforms release. And uh, it's just something I want to do really for, to say thank you to my bandmates. Uh, I want to get these uh, EPs pressed and give them a, uh, give one to Jamie and Johnny and Luke and Chick and Ben and Aid and everyone that's ever been in uniforms. Uh, just a nice thing to kind of, kind of round things out because I guess if there's one thing that uh, annoys me or I regret um, is that we never actually did make that full length LP, even though we have so many songs kicking about. Uh, so a 12 inch limited edition hand cut vinyl is going to be the way to round things out i guess I will, I will keep an eye out for that because i will be first in the queue to get one 29.99 limited edition buy one now it's all right emma if you're listening and you need a bit of christmas present idea they <laughs> <laughs> um, to say my one of my like my other like big uniforms i only think i got to see you four times but one of them was at uh, do it together fest which i helped I say helped very loosely. I was involved in putting on at Looney Crossing with uh, Paul B. Sharp and Sarah Shout Louder. And was so it was like, because uh, I think for me and Sarah, especially, we were like, it'd be good to have them make that a take representation down there because it was like a community to coming together kind of thing. And like, I think make that a take is a really good example of that. So it was oh, so cool to have sort of you guys and uh, Goodbye Blue Monday and even Forever and Clean you've worked with in the past and to yeah, get those bands. Band down there i'm so excited for their new album for when it comes out that seems like such a long time coming but yeah but to have um uniforms come down and play because otherwise you don't how many times did you come down to london like kind of like especially since you came back twice maybe yeah your show was definitely our last london show i think we played we played London maybe a total of like six times. Yeah, because I, uh, I I was at the uh, EP launch show as well, which was a really fun night that uh, Ollie put on at the end. Ah, of course, yeah. So uh, Ollie actually put on our first London show. The first show we played in London <laughs> was uh, Hogmanay, uh, sorry, New Year's Eve, uh, 2011. Uh, with a band called the Rocco Lampones. Oh, wow. From London. And the gig happened in a squatted nursing home somewhere in London. I have no idea where. Uh, Jamie and I drank the entire way from Scott Dundee. I lived in Perth at the time. I got picked up. We drank the entire way from Dundee to London. Uh, I was absolutely shit-faced by the time we arrived and uh, remember very little about the show apart from the fact that it was very sloppy. We had a pretty good time. Uh, we definitely had a fun night. <laughs> the show itself was chaos. Um, so that was the first time. And then we played Kingston 
on the Cobra Skulls tour. Uh, I actually lost my voice at that show. I remember, uh, I could remember almost the exact moment where I strained my vocal. Um, because that tour happened, uh, we left for that tour on the 4th of May, um, and my dad had died on the 27th of April, uh, which was the previous Friday. I identified his body on the Tuesday. Uh, we had our EP release show on the Friday, and then we played our first show with Cobra Skulls in Derby on the Sunday played the did weekly dates with them the london show was the saturday night we play that's where i lost my voice uh, we played liverpool the next night and johnny sang so we played more of the fast shouty stuff rather than the melodic stuff came home uh had one day at home my dad's funeral was the next day um and that's when we flew to the States. So we played London twice before then, once on the Loaded 45 tour, which was also at New Cross uh, during an all-dayer. I think it was a full week. I don't remember if it was an all-dayer or a fest, like a weekend-long thing. Uh, I was still when I was drinking as well, so the memories are foggy. Uh, but yeah, I think... I think about six or seven times we played London, the last of which was Do It Together Fest. And that was great, like to have folks in London singing along to our songs and dancing around and be so welcome was was a lovely time indeed. Well, it wasn't like, I mean, I'm, I'm quite biased because I like helped put it on, but it was uh, like, as probably, it was like we said it quite a lot. It's like quite a nice because obviously we didn't know what was to come. So to have sure. that, um, event it felt that bit more special when we realized like every other festival was not gonna happen absolutely so it was cool um what else well, what have we got coming up anything else from a book um uh, make that a take coming up that you can talk about well the uh, book is starting to fill up for shows uh we've started taking some third party hires um for conroy's basement and rad apples uh, make that a take wise I guess I've already said that one of our next releases is going to be that limited edition uniforms record uh, there's an All Depends LP coming uh, there are a couple of new Goodbye Blue Monday things in the pipeline um, I think we're definitely going to be working with Starry a bit more going forward uh, hopefully for their new record uh, very much looking forward to seeing them on the Friday night of Book Rainfest uh, I think I might be performing the song that I collaborated with them on although I'm not sure yet don't think we're going to get a chance to rehearse it either <laughs> because they stay in Aberdeen and uh, <laughs> that was only two weeks or so to, less than two weeks till Fest Um so yeah, New All Depends, Last Uniforms, New Goodbye Blue Monday. Uh, and we're going to continue to support all the artists that we work with. Uh, couldn't recommend Concept Car highly enough. Um, obviously the Stone Thrower LP um, 
has just arrived in its physical form. Uh, so we're going to be doing some more shows um, and just doing our usual kind of take it as it comes. There's there's not too many plans in place. Like I tend to have like a vague skeleton of an idea, and uh, we take we take things as they come. Um, but I feel like we've got quite a lot on our plate for the moment, uh, stabilising things and getting back into the habit of live shows, uh, as I guess are um, immediate kind of concern. But at Rad Apples, uh, I also have a pop-up shop, which uh, we sell all to make that take stuff. Uh, sell a lot of pamphlets moving into the realm of radical bookshop which is something that i've wanted to do for a long time uh, and we're starting to get that in place hazel and uh, the rest of the rad apples crew uh, have been very supportive of that um but make that a take um will continue to evolve as it does uh, rad apples is obviously our uh, business, Hazel and I's business, uh, which takes up a lot of a lot of time and and energy. Uh, so make that a take follows the Rad Apples example. So not that we're hierarchical, but uh, Rad Apples comes first. Uh, as it, it as yeah. it should, because you need to live. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we have a wonderful staff team. Uh, we've had some wonderful support from our community. Um, we can't thank everybody enough. Uh, and make that the fact that Make That a Take still exists in any way, shape or form after 15 years uh, just kind of blows my mind because there was never, as I said, there was never any plan really to begin with apart from because we were, I was 23 years old and it was like, me, 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 listen to me, listen to me. Like, uh, this is our awesome band. And it's like, you know, the reason that people didn't pay attention or didn't care is because we were not an awesome <laughs> band. And the, the, the music that I was making was was not great. And like, that's not the point. Like the, the, the point was we were doing it ourselves and being scrappy, young, arrogant, ignorant punks. Um, even though we were aspiring to do our best or whatever, uh, I, I kind of feel now that maybe in a position to uh, act upon these ideals that we held uh, in an, in youth, uh, and uh, I guess if if anarchism is a is, is a verb or doing word or something that you do, uh, well, the, the phrase. Anarchism is a thing that you do, comes from David Graeber. Um, and I guess if we're using that as kind of a, a springboard or an inspirational jumping off point, then uh, hopefully we are getting better at what we do and uh, perhaps now beginning to be able to capitalise on some of the, not capitalise in the uh, economic and financial <laughs> way, but uh, make use of the tools that we have developed over the last 15 years to uh, to help provide a platform for uh, other people and other causes and other persons. Um, because I guess it's a, 
shift in the dichotomy for me as well because uh, Make That A Take was formed as a vehicle for our own music, essentially. And uh, while Tragical History Tour will has will abide, like I'm, I guess I'm never going to stop playing acoustically, I'm always going to play music, uh, it no longer feels like a, a, a primary focus like, like it did. Um, I no longer live a peripatetic existence where I'm answerable only to myself and my ego. Uh, I need to keep that ego in check. And uh, I'm very lucky that I have uh, wonderful people around me that definitely that. Uh, and hopefully just aim to t take all these learning experiences and apply them in a positive way going forward. Uh, how that's going to manifest I, I don't really know but to me anyway while tinged with sadness there's a sense of accomplishment and uh, happiness with what we've done with, with uniforms uh, and what we managed to do um, and I, I guess now we make that a take changes in function for me um, but I guess that change in function has been happening for a long time. Uh, and I guess for me, it's, uh, I don't know, I, ne I never planned on being like a, a label boss or like anything like that. Uh, I don't think of myself as a boss in terms of make that a take or, or, or rad apples or, or anything like that. We're just humans working together. And uh, I'm very lucky that the humans that I'm surrounded with uh, inspire me to want to be better and, and do better and uh, if there's anything that I can do personally that or through make that I take that uh, can be beneficial or provide a platform for other artists that I care about and other causes that are relevant to our collective wellness then uh, I would consider that a job well done yeah like like I like I I've said at the start, like how much I respect everything you've done and like make that and take records is just, just a quality, quality, like record label for if you want really, really good bands, varied bands. And like you should, Scotland is just a breeding ground of amazing punk rock music. And I think make that take do put out the very best of it. So all, all the listeners who go, go to the band, band camp page, buy some stuff, support them, check, find, discover some new bands as well and just keep help keep make that take going as well, I suppose, because they all like all DIY labels, they can only exist as long as people are still supporting them. So yeah, please, please go and do that. There's 127 releases available on the Bandcamp, uh, many of which are free, pay what you want. Uh, you've essentially got the entire history of Make That I Take Records up there. Uh, you could also check out our website, make that take records.com. Uh, I have a blog that I write at writeurainzine.wordpress.com, which is also basically another living document of the make that take history. Facebook, Twitter, Insta, all that jazz. Um, yeah, every, all the money that comes in to make that take goes back into other projects, uh, be it records, live shows. Uh, supporting folks on on the road uh, just sent all the pens 100 bucks uh, yesterday uh, from their t-shirt sales uh, to help them out on the road 
Uh, and as you said, they play London tonight, but that will be past tense by the time yeah. this podcast goes up, I guess. Afraid so. Um, but they'll be back next year. Uh, I think they're planning on another UK joint in the spring. Um, I might join them. I'm not sure. Uh, I think I'll be down. I think I'll do some shows at some point myself in the uh, in the spring tragical history tour style. Uh, I've started to think about a new EP. Uh, more details of which I will uh, discuss at a later point. But uh, it's going to be all new stuff. I'm going to. It's kind of a concept almost, which is a little dangerous, <laughs> but. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about that because there's a there's not all that much to talk about, uh, and b nothing's written or recorded yet. It just exists in my brain. Uh, but you will certainly be one of the first person to know a call. Oh, good, good. I look forward to it because I always like enjoy listening to Tragical History Door as well. So yeah, thank you. Um, I think before we uh, finish up, then uh, Rad Apples, your uh, or Hazel's. Vegan fast food restaurant. What are your opening hours for the folk in a Dundee? Well, we have just begun opening for five days now rather than four. So we open Wednesday through Sunday uh, from noon until 11 p.m. on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and we close at 10 p.m. on a Sunday. But Friday and Saturday, uh, premium gig nights, we're open noon till midnight. Um, all our uh, seitan burgers uh, beef and chicken style are made by hand in house by our chef crew uh, everything in Rad Apples is 100% vegan we're not tied to any breweries or bar, uh, beer companies so all our main beers are supplied by 71 Brewing which is a local Dundee-based independent brewers. Uh, we don't stock any Coca-Cola products, PepsiCo products, or, or anything like that. Uh, we sell teas, coffees, burgers, hot dogs, fries, sides, pickles, pies, cupcakes, <laughs> the whole bunch. Uh, so uh, Red Apples is an independent vegan diner, bar, music venue. Uh, you can find us on the socials as well. Uh, it's just Rad Apples Dundee, uh, mostly Insta and uh, Facebook. Uh, we don't have a website yet, but that will be up soon. Uh, we do all sorts of things. We try to be uh, as accessible as possible. Uh, all our staff have done the good night out training. We have robust, um, well, we have the house rules, you know, uh, that have existed forever. And, uh, work with the good night out campaign there's signage throughout our venue about uh, bathrooms and conduct and behavior uh, we have them make that a take pop-up we have quiz nights we have board games nights we have meeting spaces um i would urge everyone to check it out and obviously if you're in dundee come and uh wrap your gums around a cowpunk burger or a murder burger or a top roaster or any of these things. And we're, we're keen to get up there. Like next time we're, we're having an excuse to be in Scotland, we'll be there. So, I know well, Emma is especially very keen to come give it a try. You'd be welcome anytime. Just uh, 
let us know and uh, we uh, put a table aside for you. All bookings by Facebook Messenger, please. Excellent. Well done. <laughs> All right. Um, I think if there's anything else you want to sort of plug or talk about, or shall I? I'm really, really terrible at wrapping these up. I've done day 20 something. Uh, so I guess thank you very much for uh, hanging out this afternoon thank and you chatting very much and for telling having the story. Uh, I would urge folks to, well, I guess the last thing to plug is uh, this year, make that a take, we'll be supporting uh, RASAC, oh. which is the uh, Women's Rape and Sexual uh, Assault Support Service, uh, Dundee Food Bank, and um, Dundee Together to support Afghan refugees. Uh, I would encourage folk to check out the hashtag 16 days of activism uh, that concerns the ending of violence against women. Uh, check out that hashtag on uh, both Instagram and Twitter. Um, and also uh, for folks local, I guess there's uh, local chapters popping up all over the country, but uh, I would also urge folk to check out the Reclaim the Night campaign. Uh, in Dundee, there will be a march on Thursday the 25th, which is the night before fest. Uh, I would encourage folks to join that if they can. Uh, check out these hashtags on the internet. That's um, 16 days of activism and end violence against women. Uh, and I would just encourage folks to uh, both check them out and uh, support if you can and uh, hopefully one day we'll uh, put a stop to uh, to violence yeah excellent um, I'll put links for all of that stuff in the uh, commenty uh, bio bit underneath these things so definitely please go and check them out because it's like any, most of the things we've said today this kind of stuff is the most important so go and check that out um yeah and they they'll say thank you for talking to you. hopefully see you soon i hope the uh, book your own fest is another brilliant weekend and i'm sad thank to be missing me. it and hope if anyone's there and fancies filming stuff for me so i can watch later i will appreciate that and it might i could put you video of the week there what, what an incentive um we'll send everything you're right. <laughs> thank you um yeah so cheers very much and we'll speak soon uh Bye. <laughs>